Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, thank you uh, for year one at On Texas Football. Uh, I'm wishing everyone a happy new year today. This is a special Sunday edition. Uh, Jerry Hamilton was uh, going to join me, but unable to. Uh, he has been down in uh, Orlando at the Under Armour event, uh, and uh, he wanted me to pass on some information there. I also want to talk about Texas basketball win yesterday, TCU uh, upsetting Michigan, as well as uh, Georgia outlasting Ohio State, uh, and what it really means uh, for Texas and, and what, what it looks like uh, for the Longhorns. At the same time, I want to say thank you for a great year this past year, not only to my uh, fellow co-workers at uh, Inside Texas and on Texas Football, uh, Eric Nalin, the publisher, Jerry Hamilton, uh, the aforementioned Jerry Hamilton, who is always seemingly on the road or in the car, Justin Wells, uh, Joe Cook, Paul Wadlington, Tommy Yerish, Trey Elling, uh, Ian Boyd, uh, and if I'm missing anyone, I apologize. Uh, it has been a team effort here, uh, and I definitely appreciate you. I'm also wearing a Christmas present. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, this is one of my new shirts uh, to be on this show with, and so I'm debuting it on the new year. Uh, it's one of those rowback shirts, uh, burnt orange and everything. Um, so look, I want to talk about a few things today. I want to talk about the Under Armour game uh, and what we're seeing down there at this point. Uh, Texas has several players down there, including uh, Malik Muhammad, the defensive back, uh, Sadir Mitchell, the defensive lineman uh, out of New Jersey, uh, as well as Jonte Cook, uh, the uh, wide receiver. Uh, some notes uh, that I've been told to pass along. One is Jonte Cook has looked like probably the most polished of the receivers there. There had been a couple other receivers that may be as explosive, if not more so. Uh, but Cook looks like he might be as good as any to be ready to go from the get-go. Uh, that is a really pleasant thing to hear uh, based on uh, the need at the position for the Longhorns. Uh, and usually, just like we saw last year with Kelvin Banks and his dominating performance in the Under Armour game, in my opinion, uh, we thought he would be ready to go, and he was as well. Uh these all-star games are not the be-all, end-all by any stretch. Uh, just to be clear, you can't tell everything about a player. But typically, when these guys are good against good early, it, it's, it does say a little something about how ready they are. Uh, and Cook, apparently, at wide receiver, probably uh, of everything we've heard uh, thus far this week, uh, him being ready for this uh, is a, an outstanding comment on him. Uh, defensive back Malik Muhammad. Uh, has also had a good week so far, a couple good couple of practices uh, for uh, at the Under Armour game. Uh, Muhammad had a pick uh, in works in workouts yesterday uh, in 11 on 11 work. He's also said to have some uh, real moxie about him. And, you know, I, we, I look at this TCU game yesterday and one of the real differences I felt like were the sec was the secondary of TCU. Uh, and Texas is not there yet from a speed and playmaking perspective adding guys like Terrence Brooks from a year ago, Malik Muhammad. Uh, those guys are true blue chip prospects. They're top 50 prospects in the country. Uh, that will help the secondary get better, as will the addition of a portal guy like Gavin Holmes. Uh, now, let's be clear. Texas still needs a safety, and I do believe they're going to bring in. Jerry Hamilton broke this news yesterday. Uh, Donald Catalan, the three-year starter for Arkansas, uh, a team captain for Arkansas, went in the portal uh, this year, hit, had lost his last two the end of last two seasons to shoulder surgery, uh, but he is expected in for an official visit to Texas this coming weekend. That goes to what Texas is trying to do in the secondary right now. They really need to upgrade uh, the back end of their defense. 
I think they have top line guys uh, with Terrence Brooks and with Jade Barron. I think Jaron Thompson is the quarterback of the the back end of the defense and does a good job there. He is not an elite athlete though at that position. Doesn't mean he's not good enough. Uh, two different things. Uh, but there needs to be more athleticism. Ryan Watts is a good boundary corner, but kind of gets exposed at times because of his lack of speed. Doesn't mean he's not good enough. I'm just trying to say, as we look at this, uh, and as Texas tries to compare itself to teams that are making runs in the national playoffs, they have to get better in the secondary. And that's certainly uh, a good sign whenever you hear about Malik Muhammad uh, doing really well against elite competition. Uh, also, you know that Texas is bringing in uh, uh, Jalen Catalan uh, this uh, uh, week, this coming week, Jalen Donald I, I miss I miss the, their names every other time because one was a running back that signed with Texas. One uh, was a cousin that went to Arkansas. So uh, long story short, uh, the secondary is, is seems to be moving in the right direction that I think is going to be positive for the Longhorns as a whole. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at uh, otherwise, Sadir Mitchell is another person uh, worth mentioning here. Uh, the young man out of New Jersey uh, has shown very well early in inside hole reps. Uh, so basically one-on-one -on -one type stuff where he's able to walk people back. Uh, as we talked with Nathan O'Neill last, uh, I guess it was on Friday during the live stream, he does not have a number of pass rush moves right now, uh, but he is naturally strong and is moving uh, people in the run game and in the passing game. Uh, so Sadir Mitchell, again, uh, I think that that our thought process about him early uh, was that he would be a run plugger early in his career and then have to develop uh, some other uh, aspects of his game. That, again, looks like it's kind of on key for what Texas is expecting at this point based on the early uh, Under Armour uh, aspect uh, of the game. Uh, and whatnot. Uh, also want to talk uh, a little bit uh, about uh, Texas and uh, what they're doing in the portal at this point. Uh, we mentioned the defensive back situation. Uh, the clarity, uh, our lack of clarity right now at receiver uh, is interesting. We do not know. Uh, Xavier Worthy has not uh, said whether he's coming back or going. He said he's going to evaluate it. At least that's what he said at the, uh, uh, he, he uh, inferred at the Alamo Bowl press conference. Given that, uh, I expect Texas to look at the portal in recruiting if uh, Worthy does indeed go and, and look heavily, uh, not just because of Worthy either, but because they need to. Uh, right now, Texas failed all season to, to establish a third wide receiver. Part of that was uh, the actual play uh, and strategy Texas used by inserting an additional tight end to JT Sanders for most of the year for pass protection and run blocking in Andre Carriage, uh, but also because of skill. Uh, Casey Kane had a nice Alamo Bowl, uh, but still is not necessarily the guy to be a third receiver. Isaiah Nayor, uh, Jerry Hamilton mentioned last week, is now expected to be back running here in the next month. Uh, that's good news for him. Uh, but the point there is uh, Texas may not be able to rely on him necessarily again next year. He, he's a young man coming off of 
a very serious knee injury uh, that uh, could be debilitating long term. So uh, we'll, we hope not. Uh, and the Longhorns certainly hope not. Uh, but that's uh, one of those things that you have to prepare for, uh, especially if you're a team that has Quinn Ewers now at quarterback who looked pretty darn good uh, in that uh, uh, Alamo Bowl. All right, let's let's take a, another step and, and talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with the basketball team. Texas went to Norman on Saturday and narrowly escaped. It was a tight. Uh, I don't know if how many people got a chance to watch it, but I, I watched the entire second half. It was nip and tuck. Texas uh, was trailing at half. It was nip nip and tuck almost the entire second half. Uh, Texas escaped uh, mostly by free throws. Uh, Sergio Burry Rice. Uh, I think had four uh, consecutive free throws. Marcus Carr closed it out uh, before uh, OU, OU made a late run again. But um, I, I want to say this. I feel like this Texas basketball team is finding itself a little bit. Uh, and I don't mean that uh, in a in a bad way or a good way necessarily. I just feel like it's it's always good when a team sees adversity like Texas has by losing their coach. Uh, earlier this year, um, not necessarily forever. We don't know what the outcome of Chris Beard will be, but when they when they come together against adversity and they are undefeated now, uh, still and are now one and zero in uh, conference play. This was this past game was a big game for them uh, because now the games matter. Uh, I think the first game against Rice was big to come away with that victory in overtime because it was. It was a shock uh, to the system that Chris Beard uh, it had that occur to him uh, the very day they had to play or the very night they had to play. And then the very first game of the conference play is the next one. When they, they go to Oklahoma, it's on the road. And, you know, there was no standout play overall in that game. It was a collection of guys each contributing. I think the highest points, I think, were either 15 or 13 uh, from any single individual in that 70 to 69 uh, victory over Oklahoma. Uh, so uh, Texas basketball team right now seems to be figuring out, not necessarily on their own, because there's still coaches in place, just not the head coach. Um, they seem to be figuring out that they can rely on one another. And if they can continue to build on that and have the athleticism and ability that they most certainly do, they are a talented, talented basketball team, one through eight in the, in their lineup. If they can do that and progress through, uh, progress through conference play where they will undoubtedly lose at some point, but keep trying to build on it and not get beaten down by it. Uh, I would be, uh, extremely happy, uh, to watch them progress this year. And I do think, uh, that they're, uh, certainly a good, good team, uh, and fun to watch as well. They play extraordinarily hard for just about all 40 minutes. And that is a um, that is a compliment to their coaches and to them uh, at this point. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Um, as far as the college football playoffs, my hat's off.
to TCU of all the teams that played on Saturday. I felt like they had the most complete game and best game plan, actually, of all the group, of all the teams. They they seem to have an idea of how to stop Michigan's run, and they seem to have an idea of how to attack Michigan uh, in a complementary fashion, uh, both on, on the ground and through the air. It was very interesting. Uh, TCU really ran the ball well overall against Michigan that is supposed to have uh, the edge up front on both sides of the ball. I didn't see that, and I don't think anybody that watched that saw that. Uh, now, they did get uh, – TCU did commit more people to run, and so TCU got beat for a couple of big pass plays. Uh, one was a flea flicker that they just – you know, they overcommitted to the run, clearly. Um, but, look, I feel like TCU is showing people that there is a pathway uh, to a national championship with good personnel – uh, that executed a high level. Almost all of TCU's uh, big play uh, folks are seniors or juniors. Uh, they are very experienced. Uh, I think they have eight seniors on offense, uh, and that would, but that are eight last year players on offense. But that would include junior wide receiver Quentin Johnson, who gives them such a big mismatch opportunity on the outside that it keeps some safeties away from really collapsing on the run against Kendra Miller uh, and helps them out that way. Uh, but you look at that, I thought TCU played well. Georgia, Ohio State, I felt like, you know, while Georgia had the comeback, I felt like Ohio State left something on the table there uh, and was out without their best receiver in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure that TCU matches up well with either of those teams. Um, but I, I do think that Georgia – uh, could go into this game thinking that they're going to run over TCU just like Michigan thought they were going to run over TCU. They're bigger, they're stronger, uh, more stars next to their name. But TCU has a way of, of uh, getting off the field and stopping the run, even though they run a 3-3-5. If Georgia overcorrects and uh, tries to uh, do that and tries to beat TCU down a little bit, I think they're going to get off to a slow start, and that slow start allows TCU to kind of dictate the pace they want to have on offense. I don't know. I I'm not picking this game. I'm not a better, so I won't I won't bet today uh, on this uh, uh, national championship game between Georgia and TCU. But I do believe that both teams deserve to be there, uh, and uh, congrats to both of them uh, for a good season uh, thus far. I will say this: if it comes down to a tight game. TCU has played in seven one-score games so far this year. Yesterday was Georgia's only second time they've played in a one-score game. The more you play in them, the better your guys execute in tight games. And, and I felt like that's what we saw yesterday with uh, TCU versus Michigan. TCU executed better when the, when the chips were on the line late in the game. The last five minutes, TCU – I thought played better and executed better. Um, Georgia and Ohio State, I'm not sure either of them executed great on either side of the ball. Uh, it, it, was, it felt like neither one of them uh, were really executing at a high level. Ohio State got down there by um, uh, a couple of QB runs. Uh, Georgia left too much time on the clock uh, when it finally scored as well and was, was attempting a hurry up. Uh, offense inside the red zone, things like that can come back and bite you. Uh, and 
it's something that uh, a TCU team, I think, might do better uh, than Georgia or would have Ohio State because of their familiarity in those situations and playing it so many close games. That being said, Georgia will be the prohibitive favorite and, and should be uh, because of how much talent they just have on the offensive and defensive lines and uh, other places in between. Um, hey, uh, I, I want to say one last thank you to everyone. Uh, this is my inaugural year doing these videos um, and podcasts. Uh, it has been a learning experience for me. Uh, it has been a growth uh, experience. You don't often say that at age 53, uh, but uh, that's how old I am. And that's, uh, that's one of those things where I've seen and done a lot of things in this uh, industry over the last 30 years. Uh, but having a platform uh, and a video and audio one to speak to folks uh, one to one or one to many has been a true pleasure for me. I, I, I have for most of my life used the written word to get across my points. Uh, but oftentimes you don't, it, that's not enough. Uh, you need a little more color. You need a little more sidebar, tangential conversation uh, to really get across your point. And I think that's what this year allowed me to do and allowed me to grow as a person. I hope to do more of this uh, in the coming year. And I hope on Texas football uh, becomes your, if it's not already, becomes your destination for Texas uh, sports video uh, online and podcasts. Um, I really am appreciative of all of you. I'm also appreciative of the, my coworkers and um, the network I work with at, at On3. Uh, it's been a tremendous year uh, and one that uh, I really uh, feel like is, is growing on better things. I do have some great plans for the coming year. I uh, don't want to share them yet, but I do feel like we're going to take this thing up another notch. Uh, so uh, thank you also to my producer, Matt Hutchison, who came aboard in October and has helped increase the... Uh, audio and video presentation of this channel tenfold. Uh, so Matt, thank you. Uh, thank you to all at Inside Texas and on three. Uh, and thank you to you, the listener and Texas football fans and sports fans, Texas sports fans in general, because uh, I will say this, while this is called in, on Texas football, I love everything about Texas sports in general uh, and uh, really happy about that. So uh, without further ado, let's ring in the new year. A happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for watching and listening. Have a good one. Hook them. <laughs>